Mario Cristobal said this about the current Miami Hurricanes football roster. Some guys are invited back. For some guys, it's not the right fit. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, and no, I'm not hitting the transfer portal. I'm here. Good times, bad times, ugly. I am here. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Coach Cristobal has been making the rounds uh, on Monday. He does his weekly morning spot on Mondays with the Joe Rose Show in South Florida, and he also speaks at the podium on Mondays. And Cristobal said this uh, around noon today at the podium. You know, that quote that I just gave you, he was asked about the transfer portal. Some guys are invited back. For some guys, it's not the right fit. And we got to remember, guys, uh, not only is the transfer portal a two-way street that, you know, when guys leave, it frees up scholarships and you can go out there and basically attack college football free agency, which is what the transfer portal is. So there is benefit to coaches, no question about it, right? Because after, you know, Mario, uh, you got to remember, this is his first full offseason that's about to start here. Um, you know, he took the job at Miami about a, 11 months ago, a little more than 11 months ago. Um, and so now after having actually been through practices day to day with these players and having coached these players through almost a full season, he's got a much better idea about who he meshes with and who can play his style of football and who can't and who doesn't mesh with him. So you can make those roster decisions a lot more easily now than you could have made them 11 months ago, 10 months ago, even three months ago. Okay. So yeah, there is a benefit to coaches that you now know these guys are my types of players and these other guys aren't. And that's nothing against players because there, there could be a handful of players who hit the portal here who will go and do a really good job somewhere else. That's just the nature of the beast. And that's why it also benefits players. These guys, um, you know, some of them uh, really do have a chance to get into the NFL or even the XFL, play professional football somewhere, and they feel like, I just need to get on the field to prove it. And if I can't get on the field here, I'm going to find somewhere where I can. And other guys, even if they may not be as confident about an NFL future, they just want to play. Like, they want to go somewhere where they have a chance to play. That's why I think the transfer portal is so important. It's not just something that benefits coaches, you know, because you can get the players you want. It also benefits these players because sometimes it's just not a fit. Sometimes, you know, for, you know, for a guy like Thad Franklin, I'll use him as an example because we know he's hitting the portal. This is, you know, a 240-pound Big Ten style running back. And for whatever reasons, whether you blame coaches on that or you blame him on that, it's not working here. His playing time throughout the year has decreased, not increased. I could see someone like Thad Franklin going to a place like Wisconsin and fitting an offense like that like a glove. So he could very much benefit from a change of scenery wherever he decides to go, okay? So this is good for the players as well because years ago before the portal, it was hard to transfer. Sometimes coaches literally wouldn't let you leave because that was – playing it by the rules back then and then even if you could leave you had to sit out a year wherever you went so 
I think the transfer portal is great. I know some college football fans hate it because, you know, things can just change so quickly from one year to the next. But to me, fair is fair. It's good for the players. It's good for the coaches. I'm here for it. And there are um, at least three players. There's definitely more, and there's going to be more that we know of Miami players who are going to hit the portal. 100% confirmed already. Gilbert Frierson, Thad Franklin, and most recently defensive lineman Elijah Roberts. I wish them all the best. Elijah, great family, really nice young man. I want him to go be great somewhere. Uh, I can say the same thing about all three of those guys. And then there's, I don't know if this is 100% confirmed, uh, but it's been going around today that linebacker Avery Huff is going to be in the portal. Same deal. If that's the case, God bless you. Go be great. I hope you go dominate. And, you know, it's a pretty safe assumption because he's not been with the team for at least the past week, but Keyshawn Smith is going to be in the portal as well, the wide receiver. And, you know, he had a really nice start to the year, had that, uh, the big kickoff returns and made some receptions earlier in the season. So I hope he goes and finds success somewhere else. Uh, and listen, I hope that, cause you guys know my guess and I'll double down on this. We're talking about maybe four or five players so far, at least, that are going to be hitting the portal. I think when it's all said and done, we're going to have about 20, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe a couple less than that, that hit the transfer portal, the outward portal. And then, of course, you're also losing some guys who run out of eligibility, graduation. You know, We'll see if anyone decides to go pro early from this roster, but you're going to lose guys in addition. Maybe you lose 35 or so guys. Uh, transfer portal and running out of eligibility, which means you're having to replace all of that talent, which is not an easy thing to do. That's why I know Coach Cristobal. He is working tirelessly. Now, he's also coaching the team right now, but every extra waking minute that dude has, he is working on talent evaluation, and he's working on building relationships, recruiting, potential portal guys, all of that. You've got Alonso Highsmith, GM of football, uh, football operations. He is constantly evaluating talent, talking with high school coaches, talking with players. Roland Smith, same thing. They've got to make a lot of decisions and a lot of quick decisions over the next couple of months. Who's going to come in and replace some of these players that are leaving? And it's not an easy thing to do, but you've got to hope now after several months evaluating these current players and kind of figuring out what they want to do here at Miami. I know the season has not gone well at all but they have a better idea what they need to do down here after almost a full season of evaluation that you can find the right players and the right type of players on the field and off the field to fill up some of the spots of the players that are leaving. And again, it's nothing against the players who are leaving. It just may be the wrong fit. Sometimes things don't fit well. You find a different situation that does fit well. Um, Cristobal said this on roster construction. This quote, I think, was from this morning on the Joe Rose Show. We have a responsibility to make sure our roster is filled with tough-minded individuals, he said. When the time comes, there's a plan in place. Now, um, I, I do strongly believe in the – because I have enough evidence of this, guys. I do strongly believe that there was too much of a country club mentality down here. And that's, that's one of the reasons why again, and listen, I'm, I'm not even trying to directly compare Cristobal to someone like Lincoln Riley, who I think is a heck of a coach. And obviously Brian Kelly is doing a bang up job at Notre Dame or not at Notre Dame at LSU now, because people always ask me, wait, how come you've got some of these coaches 
that are just lighting it up their first year. None of this rebuilding stuff. They just hit the ground running, and our first-year coach is somehow doing worse than the guy he replaced. Well, every situation is different uh, from a talent standpoint and from a roster construction standpoint. You got to remember Miami's roster has been, for the most part, when it comes to on the field attitude, off the field, for the with, with a couple of exceptions like the ten and two season in uh, 2017, we've basically been on a downward spiral on the field and culturally for the last 16, 17 years. It's harder to undo when you're trying to exercise those demons. It can be harder to undo than simply bringing in a guy who won the Pac-12 twice and who you know has put together some of the most impressive recruiting classes in recent years and expect him year one to exercise those demons immediately and turn you into a national title contender. I wish it was quicker. I thought it would be quicker. I was one of those people predicting nine or ten wins this year. I'm disappointed. I'm pissed. I fully understand that Miami's been let down this year both by talent and by coaching. But what I'm telling you is uh, we're 11 games into the first 12 games of this Mario Cristobal era. I've come to realize things were a little bit worse than I thought they were, and I'm still being patient. I know that certain things here are going to take time, all right? Here's an exercise I want to do with you guys because, again, I said it. I think Miami's going to lose somewhere around 20 players in the transfer portal, and so far – so far, the ones who are leaving or rumored to be leaving are not starters, right? So they're not guys you'd say, oh, man, oh, I didn't want to lose that guy. Oh, and, and again, no disrespect to them, but they, they weren't players that are, you know, playing 50, 60 snaps per game, okay? If you guys could put together a list of the top five upperclassmen, because, again, I'm hoping none of the freshmen transfer, at least not guys like – Wesley Besaint and Nigelie Kelly and, and Jakari Brown. Like, obviously, there, there's a bunch of these freshmen who have been playing lately that we don't want to. I'm assuming they're not going to hit the portal because the players who are doing really well and thriving are less likely to want to leave. But if you could come up with your list of top five upperclassmen who you do not want to lose in the transfer portal, who would those five be? If you could protect five guys away from the transfer portal, keep them away from the portal, who would they be? I'll give you my list and I'll read some of yours because you guys have been tweeting me at Locked On Canes when we come back here on Locked On Canes on the Locked On Podcast Network. Friends, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe, oh, it puts my mind at ease. And I love the fact that there's so much tech, guys. I've got the HD uh, security cameras inside and outside my home. I can monitor those HD on my smartphone whenever I want to. I mean, it's it, you feel like you're fully safe and fully in control at all times. It's like living in the second, in the 22nd century. Simply Safe was named best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. They'll probably get it next year as well, guys. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents used fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. 
uh, with the top rated Simply Safe app. Stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. You can do the, all that remotely, which is amazing. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So Cristobal says there is a chance that Tyler Van Dyke could be back for the Pittsburgh game this weekend. I hope he is because one of the things that I learned and we all learned about Jakari Brown this past week was he he's not ready to win a game like Clemson at Death Valley. Pittsburgh's a pretty good team. They're not Clemson, but Pittsburgh's a pretty good team. I still have belief in Jakari in the long term, but we all know he's got to become better and more consistent as a passer if he's going to truly be a dual threat guy. He's a true freshman. I want him to have time to learn, mature, and grow, and I predict significant growth during the offseason because he's a hardworking player. He ain't ready right now. You can beat Georgia Tech, beating Clemson on the road, even beating Pittsburgh in a win-or-go-home situation because you're either bowl eligible or you're not, depending on whether you win or lose this week. Um, Tyler Van Dyke, bottom line, a somewhat healthy or fully healthy Tyler Van Dyke gives Miami the best chance to beat Pittsburgh this weekend. I know for a fact TVD wants to play in this game, you know, the same way he wanted to play against Florida State. Unfortunately, he obviously wasn't ready for that because he tweaked his shoulder, non-contact, throwing the football two different times. Now, we're almost two weeks removed from that, so I hope at this point if Tyler does give it a go this weekend, he's truly ready and not fake ready like he was last time. And obviously the coaches and the training staff are going to try to protect him from himself if necessary. But if Tyler Van Dyke is healthy or close to healthy, he gives Miami the best chance to win this weekend. And guess what? I want to win. I want to win this game. I want to be six and six. I'd rather be, I mean, I, I wanted to be 10 and two, but I'd rather be six and six than five and seven. I've seen some some nonsense that people have been saying to me over the last couple of days. Like I, I multiple people have said this to me on Twitter at Locked on Canes. They're like, well, you know what? I'd rather lose this game because that might be the wake up call that Mario needs to get rid of Gaddis and, you know, like the the whole wake up call Miami needs to make changes. And plus. This team stinks. I don't even want to go to a bowl game, they tell me. I don't even, it would be embarrassing to go to a bowl game. A couple things there. Um, number one, uh, I, I, listen, you're coming off of a 98 yard offensive performance. Um, you know, if, if Mario's really evaluating offensive coaches week by week, I don't know what more he needs to see after this past week. Okay. So I don't know if the Pittsburgh game would really be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, you know, another thing is, and I know it sounds cliche, but I fully believe in this getting the bowl game, even if it's a, terrible bowl game against a no-name opponent that you guys might not care about i'm telling you the practice time is important it is what you make of it right 
when you've got a coaching staff that's trying to do a serious job here, um, and again, first full off season coming up, I believe every extra minute that they have to evaluate the players who are currently here, I believe is crucial and important. You get up to 15 extra practices for a bowl game. Most teams don't use them all. Probably somewhere between 12, 10 to 12 practices you would actually use. That's basically like a full spring football session. It's valuable. It is valuable evaluation time when you know a lot of players are going to leave and they're probably going to be gone by those bowl practices. So then you're just working with the guys who want to be here. It gives you a head start on the spring. And then the other thing is, this isn't the NFL. Like you lose more games, you don't get a better draft pick. Recruiting is the opposite. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't hang on the thread of every win and every loss like some of you do, because sometimes Miami wins a game and you're like, we're getting every recruit. Everybody's coming here. And then they lose a game. Nobody's coming here. It's not that drastic, but I'll tell you, winning games can only help. Losing games can only hurt. So, yeah, it is better for recruiting if Miami actually gets a win against a decent Pittsburgh team to end the year instead of losing and having another embarrassing performance. Losing cannot help you. I mean, maybe some of you think, well, it's better if we lose because they'll fire this guy and that guy and the other guy. I don't necessarily think that's the deciding factor on some of these things, but it could be the deciding factor for a couple of recruits that are considering Miami. So keep that in mind, all right? Okay, back to roster turnover because there's going to be a lot of it. I tweeted this out from the Locked On Canes account, excluding freshmen, right? Because I don't want you filling your list with freshmen. It's too obvious. Nobody wants to see Wes Besaint in the portal. Nobody wants to see Nigel E. Kelly in the portal, right? It's, it's very obvious. So I said, excluding freshmen, draft me up a list of five Canes football players you do not want to lose in the transfer portal. So let me give you mine, okay? And and this was this was actually tough, right? Because even though, listen, I know obviously there's a lot of players on this roster that have underperformed this year, uh, and this is in no particular order. But Tyler Van Dyke, I don't want to lose him. I don't. I gave you my best case scenario for the quarterback room last week, and I'm I'm sticking with it. I want Tyler back to be the incumbent starter next year because yeah. Jakari Brown needs more seasoning. Emory Williams is going to come in as a true freshman. He's going to need plenty of work and plenty of seasoning. And I'd love for Emory to be able to work under a guy like Tyler and under Jakari Brown as well. Um, you know, Miami, Miami would be a better team next year if TVD is back. And I think it's more likely than not Tyler is back. I can't give you 100% assurances on it, but I feel pretty good about TVD being back next year. The second name I'm going to throw out, Leonard Taylor, the guy's just a beast. He's on another level. I, I don't want to lose LT. I don't. Uh, Cam Kenshins, for obvious reasons, and it's not only what he does on the field. Cam Kenshins is going to be maybe the single most important leader of this locker room next year. And no, I don't think Cam's going anywhere, but protect him at all costs, right? I do not want this guy leaving in the portal because not only does he set the example on the field, if you can get a locker room full of cams with the way he works and the way he studies film after hours, he is a model citizen and a model hurricane. Do not let this guy leave at all costs. If, you, if you've got to like lock him in a closet until the transfer period is over, do what you have to do. We cannot lose Cam Kinchins. 
I'll say the same thing about Akeem Mesidor. Now, you know, Mesidor, if he really wanted to, would even be eligible uh, to go pro. I, I think he's he's put enough time in. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, and I, I don't think he's going to leave either because, again, this is a guy who just came in through the portal. He's one of the best players on the team, so he's probably adapting pretty well to the coaches and gets along with Mario. So, of course, I want Mesidor. Uh, coming up with the fifth guy on my list was really, really tough. Uh, so I'm going to throw out an honorable mention as well. But the fifth guy on my list, only because we don't have an well, I don't want to make it sound like he's just like a number here because I'm a huge like I'm a huge fan of his as a person and I love him as a player. But also he's not really replaceable for anything Miami has right now or anybody currently coming in and recruiting. Colby Young. I mean, I uh, you know, six foot five, crazy wingspan. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of what he can do, but with the quarterback play being so inconsistent lately, you know, he's not been putting up the numbers the last few weeks. He was for a two or three game stretch. But Colby Young, the wide receiver from Lackawanna Junior College who transferred in this year, uh, I want him back. And then the reason why I had a tough time with the number five spot is Daryl Jackson is another one. And that's another guy it's not easy to replace when you're talking about a six foot six 300 plus pound defensive tackle with that wingspan and that athleticism. Like basically I gave you a list of six. All right. Uh, I'm going to read some of you guys' tweets when we come back and I've got some recruiting news as well. So you guys have been active tweeting me at locked on canes. Who do you not want to lose in the transfer portal? Upperclassmen at no cost. Can we afford to lose these guys in the portal? Hey, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be. Now, we step into the time machine because there wasn't a whole lot of thrilling stuff this past week against Clemson. I go back to the last time Miami beat Clemson, October 2nd, 2010. Second quarter at Death Valley. Hurricanes were down 14 to 7. Third down and five from Miami's 35 yard line. Our old pal Ja'Cory Harris hit Leonard Hankerson for a 65 yard touchdown to tie the game at 14. And the Canes never looked back after that. Miami went on to win the football game 30 to 21, the last time the Canes beat Clemson. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Hey guys, thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen. For your second listen today, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah, again, I, I, I put the bat signal out for you guys, excluding freshmen. Draft me a list of the top five Canes football players you do not want to lose in the transfer portal. Cosmo writes to us. He says, I'm going to reach a little bit because we need these players for leadership. Um, Flag, Redding, Tyler Van Dyke, Brantley, and John Campbell. Uh, I, I can see what you mean about reaching because like these aren't, and he even says this need to upgrade the talent though. Um, you know, with, with an exception of like, I think TV, I think all these guys are, are talented, but they're not necessarily like the most raw talented players on the team. He's going for the angle of leadership and culture. And I respect that. 
Uh, Luke Skywalker writes, Cam Kinchins, Leonard Taylor, Restrepo. Why didn't I think of that one? Restrepo's a good shout. Uh, Mesidor and Borigalis. He says, kickers can win you games. You know, was I disrespecting Andy Borigalis by not putting him on my list? I wish I could have put Lou Headley on my list, but I think he's finally run out of eligibility. He's been here for like 20 years. I think he's finally done, unfortunately, because I love Lou. Uh, Johnny Lopez says he wants to keep Chase Smith. That, that I think he's the only one to nominate Chase Smith. Elijah Arroyo, Don Chaney, Avante Williams, and Romello Brinson. That, it's a very interesting list. A few people have said, uh, have, have, have given me Don Chaney and James Williams. I think in the case of Chaney, and, and I hope, you know, I was kind of surprised he didn't get used at all last week. They're still sort of trying to find a way to work him in. He's missed so much time with injury. He's finally been medically cleared to play this past week. Um, the only thing that concerns me about Cheney, because I've said this, and I believe in what Don Cheney can do when he's on the field. I think he's Miami's most, most well-rounded back when he's healthy and available to play. He's just he struggled with so much injury that I just I hope he's not, you know, the dreaded injury-prone label. And in the case of James Williams, because some people are sending me James Williams, um, he's not lived up to his potential, not consistently, but he's so doggone talented that like you would hate to see him leave Miami and become the James Williams we know he can be somewhere else, right? And I think he needs to be an in-the-box guy. I think that he he needs to he needs to do a little change or tweak in positions. Uh Robert says, he says, easy. Uh Cam Kinchins, Nigelique Kelly. Well, again, I said no freshmen. Some of you guys don't listen. Uh, he says Nigelique Kelly, West Besaint, and Colby Young. And the freshmen are obvious. Nobody wants to lose these freshmen who have been stepping up. Melissa writes Cam Kinchins, Leonard Taylor, Colby Young, Tyler Van Dyke, Arroyo, and Restrepo. And she says, sorry, I'm putting six. Well, Melissa, I did the same thing. It was hard to narrow it down to five. Uh, Omar says Cam, Mesidor, Leonard Taylor, DJ Scaife, and Jalen Rivers. Well, I am glad that some of you are giving love to offensive linemen. I know it's not the flashiest thing, but, you know, there are a handful of O-linemen here that are good and have high potential. You know, unfortunately, some guys who don't, that's why you're bringing in a lot of O-linemen in recruiting. But I love me some Jalen Rivers. I do. And, I, and you know, he's a freshman but I love me some Inez Cooper. He's not going anywhere. Big Coop is amazing. All right, let's do, let's do some recruiting notes here. First of all, um, maybe some of you missed this. I did tweet about this yesterday. It looks like Nicholas Harbor, the five-star athlete from Washington, D.C., looks like he's not going to be making a Miami official visit. He did name Miami as one of his five finalists. He was interviewed by 24-7 after the weekend and like he still said hey i'm still considering miami but we all know how that goes when you don't get the official visit your chances are slim there are exceptions to that rule because popo aguirre never made an official visit to miami he's still committed to miami so it has happened before but in the case of Nicholas Harbor, and this guy's a freak, he ran the the ten point two eight hundred meter dash. Uh, you know, he's a he's a track star, probably a defensive end at the next level. But he could play tight end, he could play jumbo receiver. He's just an athlete. 
Um, he's going to the weekend where we thought he'd be visiting Miami in December. He's now making a Georgia visit that weekend. And Georgia, I don't think, was in his finalists. So you add Georgia into the mix now, it's not looking good for Miami and the other programs he was considering. Like, I'm getting, like, Gator fans trash-talking me about this one. It's not looking good for you bros either. So I don't, I don't know why you guys are pumping your chest. I mean, we're probably both going to lose out on this player. So uh, that, that, was some, that was some less than good news on Harbor. Uh, again, never say never. He says he's still considering Miami, but – Usually when you don't get the OV, the writing's on the wall. So keep that in mind. Uh, someone who is making an official visit first weekend of December. Uh, this is one of our already a verbal commit, uh, but there, there, there's an extra part of the story here. So Antoine Jackson from Dillard is he's a Miami commit. He's the one, uh, the safety who reclassified from 2024 to 2023. I like this player a lot. Uh, he's already committed. He's making an official visit December 3rd. But Miami coaches are hoping uh, per on three that he's going to bring Christopher Johnson, his high school teammate, with him. Uh, it's expected Miami coaches will also try to bring in his teammate, running back Christopher Johnson, for an official visit that weekend as well. Uh, now, Johnson, uh, he took an, old, uh, an official visit to Ole Miss earlier this month. And based on what I've heard, uh, and again, this is recruiting, so things change all the time. Ole Miss seems to be in the lead right now, at least slightly. Uh, we've known for months that for Johnson, who's a four-star running back, this guy, you want to talk about speed, this guy's a blazer, a burner, right? It's been a tug of war really since the since the season started between Ole Miss and Miami. Ole Miss perceived to be in the lead right now. You also never know from, from their side of it because, again, there's been a lot of smoke about Lane Kiffin potentially leaving Ole Miss to become the Auburn head coach. We'll see how that shapes out, but obviously that would affect Ole Miss's recruiting, and if Miami does get another uh, visit from Johnson, that can only improve Miami's chances. And, you know, we've talked about it at running back. Miami needs backs in this class, right? For, for as much as I like, you know, the guys who are still committed for 2023, it's a top 10 class. It's an excellent class. Zero running backs right now. And you need it. Uh, you know, we're trying to flip Mark Fletcher. And, and by the way, with Fletcher, Miami's very much alive with Fletcher. Uh, very much alive for that. I know that um, I, I think some folks, even some decision makers in Gainesville may have jumped the gun a little bit because, you know, he, he had a really good visit to Florida uh, about a week ago. And then, you know, a day or two after that visit, he decommitted from Ohio State. Uh, I know that some of the word out of Gainesville was they thought he was going to commit to Florida like that weekend, which would have been this past weekend. He hasn't done that. Um, I know that there's obviously things going on behind the scenes because Florida and Miami have been fighting for a lot of the same players this cycle, as we know. Miami's still very much in the race. It's not to say Florida isn't. Like, I'm not saying Florida isn't in the race, but the more time that goes by, I think the more that increases Miami's chances for Fletcher. Um, because, yeah, obviously, ha if he had announced a couple days after that Florida visit, it more than likely would have been Florida. This reminds me of the Malik Bryant situation a little bit, where it looked like, you know, back in the summer, it looked like Bryant was about to announce Florida, then he held off, and he ended up announcing Miami. I wonder if the same thing could play out here uh, with Mark Fletcher, but I know the Hurricanes are, are very much in pursuit of that four-star running back from American Heritage, and they're in pursuit of the four-star Chris Johnson from Dillard. So 
That is what we are looking at now recruiting wise. Uh, we're going to have episodes all throughout the week. You know, if, if you watch and listen to these at like random times throughout the day, maybe this doesn't affect you. But if, if you're someone who likes to get these episodes right after they come out, or if you like to watch the YouTube premieres, you're like, where have you been all day, bro? Why is this coming out so late? I'm filling in on radio all week. I, I've been co-hosting the Tobin and Leroy show. I'm filling in for Tobin with Leroy Horde which is like right during the time I'm usually doing episodes. So the episodes are releasing in the late afternoon for most of this week. So just bear that in mind. Um, looking at like 4.30 p.m. YouTube premieres, 4.35 p.m. audio drops. So you're getting the same content. You're just getting it at kind of a different time of the day because this week is crazy. You know, for some of you, it's like, oh, whole week off. For me, it's like I'm working double this week on the holiday because I do some fill-ins on radio. So we'll talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.